0: listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, I invite you to go over to Facebook and to find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. Now let us give thanks to God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria of Agreda. May we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her, may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of Agreda, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Amen. Today is day number 120. We are reading from volume 2, book 3, chapter 19. Today we are reading paragraphs 248 to 253. 248. Such and like colloquy the Most Holy Mary held with her angels, especially during the time of her pregnancy. The Holy Spirits met all her anxieties and comforted her with great reverence, consoling her by renewing the memory of the very sacraments which she already knew and by reminding her of the reasonableness and propriety of the death of Christ for the salvation of the human race, for the conquest of the demons and the spoilation of their power, for the glory of the Eternal Father and the exaltation of the Most Holy and Highest Lord, His Son, Timothy 2.14 So great and exalted were the mysteries touched upon in these discourses of the Queen with the holy angels, that neither can the human tongue describe nor our capacity comprehend them in this life. When we shall enjoy the Lord, we shall see what we cannot at present conceive. From this little which I have said our piety can help us to draw conclusions in regard to others much greater. 2.49 St. Elizabeth was likewise much versed and enlightened in the divine scriptures, and much more so since the visitation. And therefore our queen conversed with her concerning these heavenly mysteries, which were known and understood by the matron, instructing and enlightening her by heavenly teachings. For through her intercession, Elizabeth was enriched with many blessings and gifts of heaven. Many times she wondered at the profound wisdom of the mother of God, And blessed her over and over again, saying, Blessed art thou, my mistress and mother of my Lord, among all womankind. Luke 1.42 And may the nations know and magnify the dignity. Most fortunate art thou on account of the rich treasure which thou bearest in thy virginal womb. I tender to thee my humble and most affectionate congratulations for the joy with which thy spirit shall be filled when thou shalt hold in thy arms the Son of Justice and nurse him at thy virginal breasts. Remember me, thy servant, O lady, in that hour, and offer my heart and sacrifice to thy most holy Son, my true and incarnate God. O who shall merit to serve thee from now on and attend upon thee? But if I am unworthy of this good fortune, may I enjoy that of being born in thy heart. For I fear not without cause that mine will be torn asunder when I must part from thee. Many other sentiments of sweetest and most tender love St. Elizabeth uttered in her personal intercourse with the Most Holy Mary, and the Most Prudent Lady consoled her, strengthened, and enlivened her by her divinely efficacious reasonings. These so exalted and heavenly dealings of Mary were diversified by many other acts of humility and self-abasement, and serving not only her cousin Elizabeth, But also the servants of her house whenever she could find an occasion she swept the house of her relative and always her oratory at regular times and with the servants she washed the dishes and performed other acts of profound humility let no one think it strange that i particularize in these small matters for the greatness of our queen has made of them an importance for our instruction and in order that knowing of them our pride may vanish and our vileness may come to shame. When St. Elizabeth learnt of the humble services performed by the Mother of Piety, she was deeply moved and tried to prevent them, and therefore the Heavenly Lady concealed them from her cousin, wherever it was possible. 2.50 O queen and mistress of heaven and earth, my protectress and advocate, although thou art the teacher of all sanctity and perfection, lost in astonishment at thy humility, I dare, O mother, to ask thee, how is it possible that knowing of the only begotten the Father within thy virginal womb, and wishing in all things to conduct thyself as his mother, thy greatness should abase itself to such lowliness as sweeping the floors and similar occupations? since according to our notions thou couldst on account of the reverence due to thy most holy son easily have excused thyself without failing against the duties of thy most perfect motherhood. My desire is, O lady, to understand how thy majesty was governed in this matter. Answer and instruction of the Queen of Heaven. 2.51 My daughter, in order to solve thy difficulty more explicitly than has already noted down in the foregoing chapter, Thou must remember that no occupation or exterior act pertaining to virtue, no matter how lowly it may be, can, if it is well ordered, impede the worship, reverence, and exaltation of the Creator of all things. For these acts of virtue do not exclude one another, but they are all compatible with one another in the creature, and much more in me who lived in the continual presence of the highest good, without ever losing it out of sight by exterior activity. I adored and remembered God in all my actions, referring them all to his greater glory. And the Lord himself, who orders and creates all things, despises none of them, nor is he offended or irritated by their smallness. The soul that loves him is not disconcerted by any of these little things in his divine presence, for it seeks and finds him as the beginning and the end of all creatures. And because terrestrial creatures cannot exist without these humble performances, and without others... That are inseparable from our lowly condition and the preservation of our nature. It is necessary to understand this doctrine well, in order that we may be governed by it. For if we engage in these thoughts and occupations without reference to their Creator, they will cause many and great interruptions in the practice of virtue and in our merits, as well as we have right use of interior advantages. Our whole life will be blameworthy and full of reprehensible defects, little removed from the earthliness of creatures. 2.52 According to this doctrine, thou must so regulate thy terrestrial occupations, whatever they may be, that thou do not lose thy time, which can never be recovered. Whether thou eat, labor, rest, sleep, or watch in all times and places, and in all occupations, adore, reverence, and look upon thy great and powerful Lord, who fills all things and conserves all things, 1 Corinthians 10.3 Matthew 11.29 I wish also that thou pay special attention to that which moved and incited me most to perform all acts of humility, namely the thought that my divine Son came in the guise of humility, in order to teach the world this virtue in word and example, to inculcate the hate of vanity and pride, and rooting out its seed sown by Lucifer among mortals in the first sin, His majesty gave me such a deep knowledge of how much he is pleased with this virtue, that in order to be allowed to perform only one of these acts mentioned by thee, such as sweeping the floor or kissing the feet of the poor, I would have been ready to suffer the greatest torments of the world. Thou wilt never find words to express the love for humility which I had, nor describe its excellence and nobility. In the Lord thou wilt know and understand what thou canst not describe in words. Two fifty three, but write this doctrine in thy heart and observe it as the rule of thy life. Continue to exercise thyself in the contempt of all things belonging to human vanity, and esteem them as odious and execrable in the eyes of the Most High. But in connection with this humility of thy life, let thy thoughts always be the noblest in thy conversation in heaven with the angelic spirits. Deal with them and converse with them in order to obtain new light concerning the divinity and the mysteries of Christ, my most holy Son. With creatures let thy intercourse be such as will continually increase thy fervor and serve thee as means of advancing and profiting by means of humility and divine love. Thy own mind assume the lowest place beneath all creatures, so that when the occasion and the time of exercising the acts of humility arrive, Thou mayest be found prompt and willing to exercise them. Only then wilt thou be the mistress of the passions, if first thou hast acknowledged thyself in thy heart as the least and weakest and most useless of all the creatures. This concludes our reading today for day number 120. We've been reading from chapter 19, paragraphs 248 to 253. There's always profound lines in our reading. This one I thought was particularly deep. When we shall enjoy the Lord, we shall see what we cannot at present conceive. From this little which I have said our piety can help us to draw conclusions in regard to others much greater. So we walk through our life here on earth believing in things that we cannot see. We say that in the creed. I believe in things visible and invisible. Well, we believe in heaven and eternity. And so when we close our eyes in death, well, we will see these things that we could have only imagined in this life. And whatever we thought they were going to be, I promise you they are going to be much greater when we actually realize them and see them ourselves in the kingdom of heaven. When we shall enjoy the Lord, we shall see what we cannot at present conceive. So maybe just for a moment, conjure up the image of heaven. What do you see in this image of heaven? Do you see your favorite saints? Do you see God, the Father Almighty, on the throne in heaven? What is your image? We can conceive it now in our mind, but we will truly see it when we close our eyes in death. And then we heard today that our queen conversed with Elizabeth, Concerning these heavenly mysteries, which were known and understood by the matron, instructing and enlightening her by her teachings. For through her intercession, Elizabeth was enriched with many blessings and gifts of heaven. They had conversations. Elizabeth was enriched by those. But also the presence of Mary, her prayers for Elizabeth. She receives many gifts of heaven and many blessings. Imagine the blessings and gifts we receive because of Mary's intercession. And I always think it's a good thing for us to think of Mary doing the ordinary. Whenever she could find an occasion, she swept the house of her relative and always her oratory at regular times. And with the servant, she washed the dishes and performed other acts of profound humility. So that as we do these little chores in our own home, Think of the fact that the mother of God did these things. Think about the holy family and Mary living in that home and how we can sanctify our work by these holy thoughts. And sometimes when we do those things that we least want to do, well, it's a moment that we grow in humility and we say, I do this action. And I know that I'm lowering myself to do it, but it's for my good. Mary did not have to do these things, as Maria of Agreda said, but she did them, because she knew she should, and she knew that they would help others. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volume, over 2,500 pages of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.